Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 569 for the week of January 16th, 2021. I'm Chris Privetier. This is your weekly RPG podcast. Joining us this week, we've got a tiny little cast for you. I've got Scamperton von Huckleberry. Hello. Oh, Sir Scamperton of Huckleberry, excuse me. Sorry. I didn't know he had a full name. He had a full name. We have... um, Twinkle Toes, Light of Foot, first of her line. She's sitting on the desk. And we have, um, oh, well, Eclipsia Von Luna is in the other room. I don't know if she'll show up. The only cat I ever had with a full title was uh, Ozzy slash Ryan, Mother Effin, Prince of Darkness. It's a pretty good title. I like it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mr. Ozzy. Mr. Ozzy. And I haven't been able to come up with such an epic title for none of the cats since. Oh, well, you'll well, get actually, there. Actually, no, I take that back. I have Murray the Destroyer. Ooh, Murray the Destroyer. I like it. Be- because I was b- by myself one night, and he was up on the very top cabinet. And I realized that, man, if this cat jumps down on my head, he could probably break my neck and kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the term Murray the Destroyer. Murray of the Ninja. Because <laughs> he's a very fat cat, and also my mom and sister call him Kuja because he can be very mean sometimes. That's fair. Yeah, but he's sweet to me. Joining That's me on the, the call, of course, part. Kelly Ryan, talking about her cute Hello. cats. Yes, Alex nice Fuller from England. I am also here. Oh, he's very quiet. Am I? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to fix that. That's whatever you just did. Oh, that helped. Uh, nothing. Yeah. Well, it worked. <laughs> How's the uh, experimental COVID strains coming over there? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been outside. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. You're winning. And then um, Anna Marie will not be joining us this week. She is feeling ill. So we'll get her next week. Even more games for her by then. She plays too many games. She makes the rest of us look bad. Well, it, but as you can see, it has health effects. Too many games. Uh, you can catch her streaming Felseal every day. So, and uh, and uh, am I clicking? We've been having audio issues this morning. So if the podcast is bad, I'm sorry. There are two reasons for it. Number one, I switched from an x86 Mac Mini to a M1 Mac Mini, and some of the software I used to use is not existent on this one and i haven't figured out the right way to work around it so please bear with us over the next few weeks while i get used to that and have to drop hundred dollars on software that may or may not help um and then the other reason is um i think the audio box we use (laughs) is broken (laughs) so i don't know if it's software hardware or both Woo! all right Oh, uh, that, that fun time when you're troubleshooting and you can't pin down the issue. Yeah. And we got to do it live, too, because the issues don't present unless you're on for a long time, which means what we should do is, like, do fake podcast streams where it's just the three of us on a call and I'm monitoring the output. So, Ooh, podcast deepfakes. Podcast deepfakes where um, we're just leveling our foxes. <laughs> We actually did that one night this week, didn't we, Kelly? 
No, I don't think I, we leveled it. We worked on them Saturday night and then there Sunday night or Sunday. I was not having a good time and just wasn't in a mood for anything except House Flipper and Rock Band. Yeah. Or, or rather, Rock of Ages, not Rock Band. How's House Flipper oh, treating that- you? <laughs> Well, I I started getting into the gardening contest, which can increase Uh-oh. your house sale amount by like 50%. And you've got to put uh, plant a lot of plants to win the house competition. It is like an ungodly amount of plants. And kind of the two easiest way to do to win the housing competition is to either plant a whole bunch of crops and basically turn your house into a farm or the other one, which is the quote unquote American garden, which um, you do like a bunch of evergreen trees and then you put in like a barbecue and a pool and a bunch of patio furniture. And there you go. There's like guides for all of this on uh, steam or like on the steam forums. And that's kind of a way to cheese the gardening competitions, but it's like, I don't know. I The gardening is a lot slower and a lot more tedious than the actual house flipping bit. Mm. And I like it, but it's tedious. But you really got to do it if you want to like maximize your profit from the house that you just put an ungodly amount of hours into. And I'm, it doesn't help that I'm, like, starting from, like, the very bottom with some of the cheapest houses that you can get. And I'm just kind of, like, working my way up. And, unfortunately, a lot of the houses this, at this low level are very samey. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I literally bested one that had the exact same layout as the one that I had sold previously. And the only difference was that there was, like, a glass a glass door inside as opposed to wooden doors in one spot. I don't know. I can't tell if I'm burning out or burning out on it or not, or if I'm kind of hitting that plateau where it's like, okay, now I'm going to be getting into selling the really cool and the really good houses. But at the same time, it's like I've been so stressed at work that it's the only thing that's been kind of keeping me relaxed after work. That's fair. Yeah. Very chill game. Just has that nice music, that nice soothing music and painting painting walls and i can (laughs) i can tell i've been playing way too much house flipper because when we was in the paint section at walmart it's like ooh, these would be good paints for the house i'm flipping oh wait this is real life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know if you've ever played a game so much that you kind of had stuff transcend like that yeah of course Oh, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, black and white bender that I had when I was in college and then was driving to work. And I was like, oh, trees, I need those. Oh, I'm not in the game anymore. <sighs> and yeah, what you're showing on the stream is like the most annoying part about the gardening is putting down the damn concrete slabs. Because if they don't line up perfectly, then it's a pain to get them to go to go down. I see. And it's it's one of those things where, uh, I don't know, maybe I have my mouse sensitivity too high or something, because I blink and it moves out of whack. But yeah, 
that that's that. Um, I also booted up uh, Age of Calamity. Okay, how's that going for you? Yeah, that game is really freaking fun. I, I am particularly liking that because I just unlocked all four heroes. And I'm particularly liking that everybody has like a different version of the runes that that they use to attack. Like, um, you know, you use Magnesis or the Cryonis or whatever. Mm-hmm. And each character has like a different version of that. Like Princess Zelda for the bombs, like controls a giant ancient or a giant guardian bomb that you c- control and put into a pack of mobs and then you remotely detonate. Or Rivali, when you use the bombs, he like does a flying bombing run. And each character kind of has also a, a special move that they do. Like um, it's it's on the map to the ZR key where, um, for example, Link's ZR key is shooting arrows, but Rivali is actually flying around in the air. And he controls completely differently in the air versus on the ground. And he actually controls better in the air. So you just like run around and are shooting things from a distance and doing bombing runs and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, he's the only, Revali's the only one of the four arrows that I've played with any sort of length so far. Um, I haven't quite gotten the hang of the other characters yet, like Urbosa, whose um, special ability is calling lightning with her ZR ability. Um, I'm a little little bit rambling right now. The point is that I like how they made each character in this game unique. And it, it literally feels like Breath of the Wild, but then they put a whole bunch of enemies in it for you to go beat up. Do your weapons break? No. Yay! It's already better. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm 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 sitting here last night. I'm asking I'm playing this and I'm asking my programmer husband like, what's more likely? Do you think that they just drop the Breath of the Wild assets into the Muso engine or crammed Muso into the Breath of the Wild engine? He's like, I think the first one, and I think there's more to it than that. Like I know, but everything is just so. So Breath of the Wild. Yep. <laughs> it really is too. It looks like um you can always tell it's um Omega Forces because the way the graphics end up, because they always prioritize performance over aliasing. Ah. Okay. And it's like, yeah, you, you you go and gather ingredients and there's like different icons on the map. And depending on which icons on the map you click, you give over your ingredients and they give you like more combos for each character or more hearts for each character. Oh, and the best thing about this one, I don't know if other Muso games have worked like this, but you can pay rupees to level up your characters up to like the highest one currently. Oh, cool. Yeah, so like when I unlocked the four heroes, they were they were criminally behind. They were only like level six, and Link was like level twenty. You just pay rupees to boost them up to level twenty. I mean, then why not just start them there? But all right, I I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't know. Maybe you want to be stingy and save your rupees. Do you get to use them on something else? Um, yeah, you use them to unlock more recipes or more um. Like like some of the different well, you can also unlock some of the different shops around the map. I mean, the map in this game is basically the Breath of the Wild map, 
and depending on like what materials and how much money you spend, you can unlock like different shops for materials. And obviously you kind of want to be able to buy those materials to upgrade your characters. Well, but you don't really need to, to be honest. It's, well, it's, it's more completionist, all that stuff. A lot of it yeah. you can just ignore. Oh, I mean, yeah. Leveling up is probably the most useful thing for rupees. I see. I, I just like um, unlocking the different combos. I've I've always been into that. I, that's right, Alex. I forgot that you reviewed the game. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've just been having a blast playing it. Yeah, the level up thing, I think, is largely just because of how all the missions are structured. You don't actually get to bring multiple characters into many missions, so it kind of needs it to actually give yourself a a decent party if you're not sort of obsessively playing missions after mission after mission and sort of repeating stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the missions that I did last night was that um, Link had a one-hit KO in the mission, and you had to had to clear. You only had to kill like forty moblins in a, or like forty bokoblins bo- in a moblin. But I ended up like standing way back and picking picking them all off with arrows, and then as they got closer, kind of hucking bombs at them, and that was a very challenging mission because I tend to get hit a lot in some of these booster games because my mode is to just, you know, Leroy Jenkins into the crowd and start wailing. And there's quite a few challenge missions like that that have been really fun. And also Link gets to equip multiple types of uh, item or weapons and each weapon controls differently. Like the um, clubs that he gets his Z, ZR move is like a huge, just a huge spinning, spinning massive damage attack, but it also drains some of your health. So there's kind of a risk reward thing there. And I just, I love how versatile Link is in this. I, I can't stop gushing about this stuff. I, I sort of like this one a lot better than the original Hyrule Warriors. And I don't know why, because it's pretty much the same game. Something about it being Breath of the Wild in the Breath of the Wild setting is just clicking for me. Cool. Yeah. Makes me want to play it. I wonder if I ever will. (laughs) I I think you would like it. Yeah, I do too. I think I'd like a lot of those uh, Musos. I'll tell you what. Ever since they've been combining them with other franchises that I'm more familiar with, I have... And we're back. I'm $100 poor, and I think we have everything we need ready to go to make this recording work. (laughs) Are you recording my channel? Yeah. This is the second time we've restarted. (laughs) Technology, you are the cause of and the solution to all of our problems. I thought that was alcohol. Uh, That too. Or is alcohol the solution to technology problems? Um, it can be. You know, like if you have a dirty mic and you need to clean the contacts rubbing oh, alcohol i got a real dirty mic <laughs> what now, is now, this, <laughs> this, this isn't only fans what were we talking about we we're talking about muso games licensed musos yeah. are great 
right. Yeah, it, it seems like they they really kill it with the licensed musos, mm-hmm. and it's making me kind of rethink pre-ordering Persona Five Strikers. But I might save that as a birthday game. Mm. We'll, we'll see. We'll but see. It, it, I think if you want to get into a muso like, then I think you would like Dragon Quest Heroes. I've been thinking that, about that one. Yeah, because that's more of like an action RPG beat 'em up that just happens to have like a whole bunch of enemies on the screen at once, and it's really freaking fun. Yeah. And then uh, Fire Emblem Warriors was also fun. Those are the two. Yeah, yeah, you, you got I, them all. Those are all yeah. the licensed ones, basically, except the anime licensed ones. Yeah, um, Pirate Warriors is okay, but you have to be a huge One Piece fan. And I, I'm, I don't even think I'm caught up enough for the first game let alone the rest of the series. I'm pretty sure Pirate Warriors 4 kind of has all the story bits. Wait, but what about 1 it, through 3? Are you saying they just keep repeating? I think they keep... Uh, don't go beyond this, but I think they keep repeating the story and they're just adding the current arc to it. What the hell? I could be wrong. <laughs> well, I guess that answers the question of which one should I jump in with? Yeah, probably Pirate Warriors. Yeah, yeah, Vaughn just confirmed that's exactly what they do. They just add the newest arc that just seems into dumb. it. it. It does seem dumb. It seems like that needs to be DLC. But at least Pir- Pirate Warrior games seem to like just plummet in price after a year. So I uh, guess I by the why. time... It's like mad. Yeah, by the time the sequel comes out, uh, that's full price, and you can just catch up with the last arc. Mm, delightful. I just remember you did play a little bit of Fire Emblem Warriors because he was going going nuts yep. over the somersaulting horses. I did, l- yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what got me to try it, and I'm like, "Yep, this is as good as I'd hoped it'd be." Um, but the yeah. thing I ended up liking more was the little girl with the axe. Oh yeah, she's cool. Yeah, I think she's an awakening. Uh. And she's pretty cool. And my favorite thing about Fire Emblem Warriors was that it had the strategy battle. Uh, element to it so you know sending your dudes to the um, different outposts you needed to think about the weapons triangle and it really made me feel feel like a commander in an army and not just a dude wailing on things I love Musou way too much well hybrid Musou I've never actually played a baseline Dynasty Warriors game but from what Jim Sterling has told me uh, the latest one isn't that good <laughs> okay <laughs> but, uh, yeah you played something else Kelly uh, that's another one that's on my list of I should play this at some point uh, uh, cross code yeah I I bounced on that because it wasn't grabbing me, and I realized that like once you kind of get past the tutorial, it turns into a single-player MMO, and because I'm already burned out on WoW, I didn't really kind of gel with that right away. Oh, okay. Because the whole point of the story is that, yeah, you're a character that's in an MMO, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of side quests to do, and it's all a lot of running around and gathering stuff and killing stuff and then running back to the town, or fast-traveling back to the town. And if I was in a different mood, I would be gelling with it right now, but it just didn't quite click. I kind of wanted something a little more action-y, which is why I bounced back to Fire Emblem, or Hyrule Warriors, so you might be in a different headspace for that to be able to play it. Okay. 
Don't get me wrong, it's good, and I'm going to come back to it because it has a pretty cool art style and a pretty cool battle system and stuff. It's just not what I want to play right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right now, all all I want to do is flip houses and beat up mobs. That works. (laughs) Did you stop playing well this week, then? No, I'm still kind of playing well. I am, too. I played lots Um, of while. I did but the last chapter of my Kyrian Covenant quest, and that was very underwhelming. And now I'm doing the uh, last chapter of my Necroward Covenant quest, and it's pretty much the same thing. But Necroward, you go f- assault the baddie that's messing up your crap in your area. Uh, Only instead of a rogue angel, it's Kelthazad. Of course. And you said that it's that's pretty much the same thing, but whatever your fairy bad guy in, in is. Arden Wield, yeah, it's the Drust, and it's like, well, I'm glad we're taking care of this, but that's this is not addressing any of the real problems with the Shadowlands. <laughs> yeah. And there are other bigger issues teased along the way in that campaign, but it looks like they're not going to be resolved just yet. But yes, I finished the, the, the Elfie one, and it felt sufficiently dramatic to end, and... Um, uh, listen, I was riding on Green Dragon Lady with uh, a bombing mission, and hmm. you know th- that's always good. But um, yeah, the uh, the uh, the stuff's going on. So yeah, and it's, of, it's a while. Out of curiosity, did you do your Torghast quest? No, last I need week? to. I need to do this one. Oh, last week? Yes. Okay, because I did. I skipped last week, and then it gave me last week, which was Twisting Corridors, where you find out about what's happening to Anduin, and that cutscene plays that's, like, teasing a whole bunch of stuff, but not paying off on any of it. Well, there's another, they've data mined the next cutscene after that, actually. Okay. you can go watch that on YouTube if you'd like to see a little bit more follow-up. Yeah. But it's like, it just makes me wonder what the heck Sylvanas is up to. Um... Yeah. Justifying herself more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it it raised a lot of questions but not not a lot of answers and you know, I'm genuinely surprised that Blizzard has not announced 9.1 yet. Yeah. Or talked about 9.1. I figured yep. that it happened pretty soon when the year started just because of kind of how unhappy the player base is. But who knows, maybe talking about it, it'll get summoned Monday morning and we'll be all be surprised. But I I hope they have a plan. I don't want to be done with WoW yet. I, st- I still love this game. And there's things I like about this expansion, but it just feels too chory. So what I've started to do... <laughs> I've started going back to clean up some BFA content. <laughs> Are we in the WoW part of the WoW cycle? Well, it's like, no, the last expansion was actually good. Well, yes, but also (laughs) um, I'm just trying to unlock flying. Oh, I see. And it's, I got real close and I was real excited. And then I realized I missed two requirements, which was renowned with, uh, revered with uh, the Yan Cohen and the Rustboth Rebellion. And I'm like, oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So done. The I finally 8. got the 1. damn turtles done, and like, oh no. 
Yeah, because that was a pain, and I don't think they have any catch-up mechanics for that right now. No, no catch-up. So it's about 1500 to 2000 a day, depending on how much effort you do. So in a week or two, I'll be caught up. Yay. Uh-huh. Um, for the Nazdatar, make sure that you go do that weekly where you like go into the underground cavern and mix two elements and beat up a elemental, because that's worth 500 a week. Oh, yeah, I did find that. Um, okay. I was actually surprised at how much Nazjatar stuff there was to do on a day. And I didn't know how much was weekly or daily, because the first mm-hmm. day this week I was doing it. But, yeah, lots of stuff there. And um, just for the record, I cannot solo the uh, world boss down there. So Oh, um, darn. And no one's doing it, so. Oh, no. <laughs> Can't do that one. But everything else, woo. And, and if I had an alliance at 60, I'd be able to help you. Yeah. But I can't, because I haven't been play, playing my alliance character. I know. It's okay. Here's, it's okay. It's old WoW content. We don't need to... Yeah. I know, like, there's a part of me that's been wanting to go back to, like, Legion Dungeons and try to farm transmogs, but with such, so much new stuff coming out soon, I just... I have other stuff I want to play. I want to know what I mean, Alex has been playing. Yes. If he's still around. Oh, wait, he had to disappear for a bit. Shoot. I mean, <laughs> I forgot the ta- message. Ta- <laughs> I mean, talking about other stuff, I, I'm looking forward to. Did you see? Have you seen the trailers for Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury? I did, yeah. Anna made me watch that. I'm like, oh, that looks fun um, and weird. <laughs> Like, not not only is there Super Saiyan Lion Mario, but the kitties are so cute. They Have you are. seen the kitties? Yeah, they come up and lick you for some reason. I don't know why. Oh my god. Uh, but I, it's not, It the game looks different. It's like a different looking game. Like, it, a different camera like, angle and different interface. I don't know. It's like, what is it this? Makes, <laughs> it honestly makes me wonder if they took the... Uh, Mario Odyssey engine and just made that whole free roaming map area hmm. out of it to be an expansion for 3D World. Could be. And I'm curious how big that whole side thing is going to be. Me too. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to that so much because kitties and um, my husband's looking forward to it because I got that for him for his birthday. When does that come out? Uh, the February 12th, I want to say, because it comes out like the week after his birthday. Oh, also, what's up with um, Sunshine Kid Bowser, Bowser Jr. showing up there? Isn't that weird? Yeah. He's got the weird. paintbrush and everything. <laughs> I guess he's for co-op mode. I don't know if he follows you around when you're a single player yeah, I don't or know. not. But that. Looks like just a bundle of fun. And Mario 3D World is my favorite 3D Mario game. Um, mm-hmm. I played the crap out of that when I got my Wii U for Christmas that one year. And I've, that's that's one that I've been pining for portably for quite some time. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I wonder how long it is. I I don't know. The, the base game was pretty long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I eventually had to give up trying to 100% all of the uh, stars 
end that game and just focus on finishing the levels. Oh. I was trying to get like uh, I was trying to get all three stars in all the levels, and I am quite amused that they uh, include in the remake they're including the me stamps, but just saying that you can just like stamp the world instead of using them in Meverse. Oh, all right. Yeah. Because finding all the me stamps was kind of a big deal in the base game, and the fact that Meverse isn't around anymore just kind of—I don't know—I was wondering how they was going to skirt around that. Do you think after this one, Mario's going to have to go in for like back therapy because of how hunched over he's been in that cat power up? Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe he needs to go to Dr. Mario Chiropractor. Oh, that's right. He, they've, he's got a whole practice. But then how can he chiropract himself? Maybe and he needs Dr. He's all about Luigi. selling mushrooms, so he's into alternative medicine, right? So, huh. Okay. Are you saying that Mario is part of an MLM scheme? Yes. Mario Essential Oils? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to find success? from working at home? If um, so, join me as I go through the marketing majesty of Mario's Essential Mushroom Oils. No? You can see, I've watched that infomercial. Incredible I, discoveries with me, Mario! I don't have cable, so I have not seen that infomercial, but I can't imagine that it's any good. <laughs> I don't think it exists, Kelly. I just made it. Oh, okay. oh you just made it. Uh, yeah, I thought yes, you were talking. Of <laughs> I thought you was talking about like an actual infomercial. Now I'm watching Miyamoto go through the new theme park, and I want to be there alone. Wait, alone? Oh wait, never mind. Let's wait till after COVID. Yeah, I have a feeling that that theme park is going to be packed eventually. <laughs> See, the actual plan is that we need to go to um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge first, because I've heard that that place is just a ghost town. So, by all rights, we could have that to ourselves for a while, and then eventually people will get tired of the Mario World world. I I mean, I don't want to encourage people going out in the pandemic right now, but I do know that um, low-population Disney is amazing, because you get, like, all the the perks and none of the downsides. Huh. You're like there, you feel like you're royalty. You don't have to wait for anything. All the food services are there. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> cause when we went to Disney world for our honeymoon, I mean, we went in October and it, it was, it wasn't deserted, but it wasn't busy either. So it was kind of nice to have some of the place to ourselves, but, because we also went like first thing in the morning, but then once that kind of picked up, it got busy. And yeah, by so that I'm, point, we were. I'm we a little were confused. I'm watching like this very small Super Mario World display, and I'm like, wait, tell me there's more to this theme park than just this. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not that small, because that's kind of lame. <laughs> I was hearing on Geekbox that. <laughs> People were concerned that like there's going to be lines around everywhere and certain bits that are going to be held up, like trying to hit the turtle shell into the pipe to get the coin. Because hmm. I guess you have to time it right. 
Okay. Yeah. This is going to be weird. All right. Well, is Alex back yet? No? I don't okay. know. All right. <laughs> oh, he said he'd be back in about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, we can get into our feedback for Let's the time the being. Feedback. Let's do the feedback. Uh, um, um, do you have a New Year's gaming resolution? No. Uh, my podcast partner, Crime Plotty M, a.k.a. Matt Mason, says um, he has twofold. Play three Legend of Heroes games. I finished up Sky last year and Zero no Kiseki. I'd like to finish Ayo no Kiseki and a couple of Cold Steel games. This actually pairs nicely with my other resolution to play more longer games. I have Yakuza like a dragon and like a dragon and Persona 5 Royal Cued on my recently revived PS4. Time to get to them. I wish you luck with that, Matt. Um, I feel like I don't I mean, I like longer games, but I feel like I'm getting kind of tired of really long games. Or maybe I'm just burned out on Cold Steel 4 right now. I'm not sure. Um, and then Shaman wrote in, I made a few, but one I was actually, actually working on while listening to the cast was the, to beat the Final Fantasy X Super Boss, where you have to beat the eight boss-level monsters just to get to it. I do not remember that boss. Uh, I don't remember that boss either, but maybe that was, maybe you had to do all like the lightning jumping or something for that. I guess. Yeah, I didn't, I don't think I got to that boss at all. Hmm. Oh, look I, at that. Yeah, you have to time the, the pow block to get it to hit. Okay. Dwink. Yeah, that's going to be. That's going to break half the time. <laughs> and it's a hard one to time, too. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Why am I watching? This is so dumb. I All right. Forgot. Do you have a new... Any resolutions? Mine was to play Skyrim. My resolution is to be an adult and maybe also figure out Read Anna's articles about how to play 50 year games in a year and do some of her techniques. Yeah, um, she's in the chat room that, that right now. Paul says that CS4 is freaking long. It was a couple of months before I felt ready to tackle a long game after that, and that longer game ended up being Fell Seal, which is probably going to be 60 hours by the time I finished. So, yeah, it, I'm glad it's not just me. I don't even think I'm going to finish Cold Steel 4 before um, Nox Monstrum comes out. But we'll see. Anyway. I just got an idea, Kelly. What if what if we do like a VR thing where you put on a VR helmet and there's like 50 of you and you're hooked up to this guy in a theme park and you guide them through and tell them what to do and what activities to do and you all get to vote. So it's like Twitch plays theme park in VR. So you get to experience sort of only it's kind of like you are a legion of demons possessing a person and giving them orders. This is real weird, but I'm just spitballing it here. Right. Well, yeah, but then you get, you'd get people trolling and just get you on small world a dozen times. I'm okay with this. Also, I think Alex is back. Hi, Alex. You going to tell us what you played? Hello. Yeah, give me one minute. All right. All right. 
What is going on in this video? Sorry, we're still watching this. Oh, he's turned small. Uh, that's cute. Uh, okay, I'm good. All right, Alex. You've been playing more racing? I have been playing more racing. Though. That's a quick one just to mention. It's, yeah, the, the usual eye racing. And, yeah, that's going about as well as it was beforehand anyway so do you win more no no oh okay yeah still I, i'm more consistently mediocre rather than crashing more often so yeah i'll take it yeah any pl- anything well, new that you're playing then well not new it's not out yet oh but i've been playing persona 5 strikers hey more musos yep yeah so yeah this is the persona muso which is as opposed to Age of Clarity being a prequel, Persona 5 Strikers is a sequel. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's basically set in the summer after the events of Persona 5, and you basically get to go on a, you get to go on a road trip, although the bit I am allowed to talk about is not the road trip bit yet. <laughs> okay. It's, 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 the, it's the intro bit which takes place in Shibuya, so you're actually still in familiar places. But yeah, so, I mean, it's quite interesting how it works because it's a lot more like Persona than most of the other Musou games. So the actual story sort of storytelling is all pretty much that basic, that basic Persona 5 semi-visual novel, semi-action sort of action on screen stuff with all the... the Portraits talking and things like that, and it's actually got a similar story structure in that it's the Phantom Thieves investigating something, and then you go into the into the metaverse to explore the what the equivalent of the palace. It's actually called the jail in this one, and it's sort of it's a bit bigger in sort of scope in this case, and it's actually a version of Shibuya itself rather than the sort of self. self instance thing like the passes were. But, I mean, one of the interesting bits is just, I think we mentioned sort of how much it combines the original game with the Musu stuff in um, the Zelda one, but uh, it, it's quite interesting how they've got as much Persona combat system into the Musu combat system in this one as possible. So it's actually got, so it's Got the usual your action RPG hack and slash against usually lots of enemies, although you have boss fights against sort of the single enemies, tough fights, so still like the Musu stuff. But you've got a, a I think at the time at the calls it I think calls calls it pause to plan. So sort of when you you can select a either skill or an item, and when it does that, it basically pauses the action, so you've got time to think about what you're doing. But it's got all the usual persona skills as part of that. So the Bufu fights the the light and dark, and all the um, all of the elemental stuff is is there in the in the combat system. It's got all all of that. So it's it's quite neat how it's got as much depth as the persona combat system into the hack and slash. Huh. 
Sorry, I'm still watching this stupid thing. No, that kind of that kind of sounds like how Dragon Quest Warriors worked, where there was a, a spell system in addition to the hack and slash. Okay. Yeah, hello. I think just the way it's actually integrated everything for Sony, I think it's a bit more striking in this case, partly because you've also got those visuals. But yeah, just mm-hmm. all of those systems. It sort of it tries to implement like the one more system when you. It's it, although it's not quite as clear-cut in this case. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. There are a few sort of annoying things that I had started out. So the, cam- the camera, to be honest, isn't brilliant. It's quite easy to actually sort of lose who, you- who you're fighting against and it's quite easy not to sort of not see when you've got an attack incoming. And it seems naturally just slightly harder to avoid stuff in... Persona 5 Strikers than other Musu games. And yet you've also got the... It's sort of an issue with Persona 5 as well, although less so in that sort of SP is really at a premium it's in, the, in the early stages. I think it probably gets better as your characters grow and you either get more familiar with the combat system or the SP sort of totals actually increase to a more useful level, but you're going to run out of SP quite often in this game, especially at the start. The one thing it does do is you can actually freely leave the metaverse at any point. There's no sort of day. There's no day planning elements or things like that. There's no social links. Ooh, <laughs> I want Musa well, yeah. social links. If you don't get over to um, this side of the map by this time, you make them mad. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the calendar moves forward sort of exactly at the speed of at the speed of plot. So. <laughs> That. But you can leave the metaverse to get stuff completely restored. It's just annoying that that takes so much longer because you do it at a checkpoint, and the check it would have been a lot quicker if they just made the checkpoints act as an auto healing option. Yeah, because I mean, all you have to do is you can leave at the checkpoint, but it just makes you do that leaving and then come back in. So you just have to watch about twenty, thirty seconds of loading screen and stuff just to heal. So, are there fusions of personas? There is fusions of personas because, yeah, when you fight against enemies, they'll sometimes drop masters. No, there's no demon negotiation as well in this one. So, plus that wouldn't really make sense if you're doing it in a hack and slash game. I don't want demon negotiation in a game like yeah, this. Yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> you, you really don't need it in this one at all, no. But it's got, it's got the um, fusion, but it's it seems to be just a really simplified version in that. You have you have two things and they confuse into things. There's no real things like that because there's no social links. You also don't get the bonuses of bonus XP and things like that. So or extra skills. Is equipping the personas kind of like equipping the weapons in Hyrule Warriors? Um, not really. You've got the usual persona weapon uh, sort of equipment system. You've got those three slots, so weapon, oh, okay. armor, accessory as well. But it, it's Joker's the only one who can have multiple personas. So that's basically, that's pretty much like Persona 5 directly anyway. I see. So yeah, it's just, you can, you can swap personas freely as you wish, but Joker's the only one who has access to multiple personas. The other characters who are all, all playable they get the, they just have their single persona mm. is the persona when when you do the ultimate is that when the persona gets summoned for the screen clear 
Uh, yeah, you've got the ultimate attacks, and they sort of have the, the fancy, the fancy animation going all in, and yeah, it's it's got those ultimate attacks in it. Ah, cool. The animation. It, yeah, the it's got a similar system to the sort of where you spend rupees to level up in in the High Warriors Age of Calamity, where you can level up Joker's personas by spending sort of points that you earn from combat. So you've got you've got an easy way to sort of make personas level up, although you quite possibly don't need to use this at all because you can obviously just get better personas instead. And there's not really the main benefit of that is to level up personas enough that you get they learn a skill, ah, which you can then sort of carry over to fused fused personas if you want. Cool. Yeah, I think other things to mention. All, all of the voice actors return for strikers. Well, for the characters who appear anyway, because at the moment it's basically just the Phantom Thieves and Sojiro are the only ones who have actually returned. Oh, and um, and the uh, Eagles assistant. The Eagles assistant. Eagles. Eagle. Oh, oh right. Eagles. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because you're fusion. All right. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what the odds are that um, Atlas is going to have like other Persona characters as DLC. No, mm. um, probably not. Just because of things. What the the noise of the DLC is music related. Ah. Uh, mu- <laughs> Will there be a like, dance section? <laughs> oh no, you've got a game for that. <laughs> I wonder. Um. Well. I wonder if yes, certain uh, other people will show up, but yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> possibly. I mean, they they actively say. Uh, I think there's there's two of the social links actually said, yeah, the the store's closed for the summer, so we we're not appearing. <laughs> Basically. Hmm. All right. I, I I suspect. I mean, I'm not sure what they would have added by being there anyway. So. Well, um, there's the the extra character from Royal could show up. If nothing else. Yeah, no. I doubt yeah. it. Right. Oh, and I think yeah, her, her I think she's written in Royal as being, yeah, I've got I'm really busy this summer. <laughs> okay. So I think I, I think they already took care of that. They took care of that. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the one thing it does sort of add in place of social links is they sort of bond table, which you sort you spend you gain Bond points and they and that levels up the bond level through either events, combat, and things like that. And you can spend those points on an assortment of passive upgrades. So you you have things like master more likely to appear or general attribute bonuses to to the party. So you, you've got a, you've got a couple of character progression systems there, but it's it's not too complicated. There's not too much depth behind. Behind that, it's mostly all in the just the amount of things you have in the combat system going on. But I mean, it. I mean, look for me. The biggest appeal is just spending more time with the Phantom Thieves, and that it does that so far really well. It's a lot of fun to be with them. They've still got all their personalities. Aww. The right, the writing's still still great. So, and that music's still just amazing. Yep, music's still fantastic. It's got so, it's got some new tracks, some remixes, and a bunch of old tracks. And 
yeah, there'll be all that music DLC as well, I think. Yeah, this works. I'll do, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I probably don't want it to be another 100-hour game, and this is unlikely to be that. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I really hope it's not, because, yeah. Hey, I always thought that Musa was one of those games that you, you got as much out of it as you put into it, so if you want it to be short, it can be short. Yeah, that's true. I think this one it might be just because of the way it's positioned as a sequel and it's all largely... It's more story-driven than the other ones. So, yeah, it, it, it's a bit more linear linear in this one, although there is lots... There's a bit of... Um, so my question, is there more or less story in this Persona spinoff than there is in the fighting game spinoffs? There's a lot of story in those spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, about, I'm more about the same, to be honest. Yeah, all right. I'm more willing to endure the story in a like an RPG, kind of like a Muso game, and not necessarily like a fighting or a music game. Because in those, I just want to fight or dance. Oh, well, fighting story is great. I really like the fighting the fighting story. I, I just but, couldn't get it into mostly it. Reading though. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's visual. It's, yeah. It's if if you like Blaze Blue, then you'll like the Persona fighting games. Okay. Is, yeah, which is yeah, it's a visual novel that has less than fighting breaks out. <laughs> if, if you do the Blaze Blue story, story, story modes, anyway. Uh, but yeah, oh, so yeah, I think the fighting game probably has about the same amount of story, but I think Persona Five Strikers is going to have a bigger story, just because yeah, the fighting ones are a more self-contained thing. Well, yeah, this one does act as a Feel it feels like a proper sequel so far. All right. Cool. Persona Five Wait. Strikers, everyone. It's out on I don't know next month. Next uh, month. <laughs> let me check. February twenty third. All right. February twenty third. And that's on PS4, Switch, and PC. Hmm. I've been playing it on PS4. Anna's going to want it on Switch. Shoot. I got to go change her pre-order to PS4 and then convince her that it's the right decision. <laughs> I'm go- I think you ought to let her play it on Switch. I'm going to lose that argument, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to buy it twice and I don't want to play it on Switch. Oh, well, you're going to have to make a decision. Oh, yeah, I can't help you. <laughs> oh, come on. Fine. Is there a special edition for the US? Or was that only uh, Japan? I don't think there's a physical special edition. I think there's a digital special edition. So Japan got a crazy box full of stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's no mega fancy edition. Mm, that's too bad. Just so I can remember it anyway. I like this Morgana holding up a gem on the box. That'd be nice. Oh, well. Oh, that's cute. Can I pre-order one of these? Is it digital only here? Uh, no, it's physical. Oh, it is physical. Physical okay. and digital. All right. Well, then, I got to figure that out with my uh, wife later. But uh, in the meantime... I think it's... Oh, wait, you've been playing Dragon Quest XI S still. 
Well, yeah, I, well, I went off it for a bit and I needed something a bit mindless to play at night for about like half an hour at a time. Isn't that Persona 5? Strikers? The Muso game? Oh, no, it's, it's Hacker <laughs> Slash. It's, it's on the PS4, so I can't be playing in bed. Oh, all right. It, it's, it's there you go. what Deke's doing. And yeah, I'm playing it mindlessly. I'm not a big Dragon Quest fan, but it's it's feeling that itch for now. Okay. Is that your chill out before bed game? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that sucks about trying to play Musa games before bed is that it kind of pumps you up a little bit too much and you don't want to go to sleep. Mm. So Dragon Quest is kind of the perfect... Just going to chill, get into some fights. Okay. Are you you playing it in classic mode or 3D mode? Yeah, 3D mode. Oh, okay. Good mode. Yeah. Hey, classic mode isn't bad. I, if you, if you played through it once, it's a great way to play through it again. I guess. You don't you don't sound sold. I'm not, but whatever. I do need to get back into S though. That's yeah, me yeah. me too. Did they ever figure that so out? Like, is it really just news? a Switch version upresed for PS4? Is it really? Yeah. Wow. All right, well, let's as- do the news. Um, Well, speaking of classic games and classic mode, we have a special feature on the site right now that was actually retweeted by NIS. It is the E-Series Where to Start special feature that I uh, helped contribute to along with Anna and Josh Carpenter and Alex. And yeah, we go through the entire E-Series and talk about them and say where they are in the timeline and if they're newbie-friendly or not. Um. We the the bunch of us put a lot of work into this article, so go check it out before uh, Vox Nostrum comes out and see where you want to be part of the E series. I personally recommend Ease Eight as a good starter game myself. Either that or um, Memories in Salsetta. Alrighty, I'm probably not going to get into Ease. Oh, it's a shame. It's a good series. I, so are like 800 other series I want to get into and finish. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, true. You can just jump into a couple and be done. You don't really need to... I need to finish some games. Get else. into the series as a whole. Yeah, but if one particular one strikes your fancy, you're fine just playing that and then moving on. Don't worry yeah. about playing them all. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, there are some that you could definitely avoid, like um, one and two. Ease five. <laughs> and one and two aren't bad. The original um, one and, and two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the original one and two, not so much, but uh, the remakes are pretty decent, and I like playing them just because of the killer soundtrack on those. Mm. All right. But, Looks like we're uh, I, uh, working on playing some old games in our backlogs on the site. Yes, that that too. Um, we've got a backlog in the year 2021 edition, Meet the Crew, and more people than just Sam are doing that this year. We've got Anna, we've got Pascal, we got Paul Storelli, and that's about it. And they've all got lists of stuff that they're going to try to play through this year and write about. You know what I should do? Hmm. I, I will lose this. But I should play all of Anna's games before she can. Yeah, you, you're going to lose that. I... I 
be destroyed if I tried that. Also, she's got Chrono Trigger on the PC on her list, which I don't understand. But whatever. Oh, she's going to she- try and finish Dragon's Dogma. That I am. I'm going to watch her do that. Ah. <laughs> uh. I can say, shouldn't she just try the like mobile version on her tablet of Chrono Trigger? Uh, that's a good question. But I think she started it on PC during Extra Life uh, and wants to finish it. I see. I like that she has a ROM hack for Final Fantasy VI on this list. Oh, Brave which New ROM World. hack? Brave New oh. World. Is this the randomizer? The, no, this is I just the redo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I no, thought no, somebody. Yeah, you're right. That is uh, that is a randomizer. Okay. Character-based Esper restriction. I think you... You know what? Um, Here, let me read this. I think this might be the one that you could do either way. Or it's a rebalance that you can speedrun sort of thing. So... Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. Uh, Brave New World. Well, anyway, go... It would be very easy to do a Final Fantasy VI randomizer, especially... Part here. Here's an FAQ for it. The biggest difference is that characters are more individualized. Espers are now restricted by character, so everyone has their own spell list and access to specific stat boosts, which allow them to be built in a number of different ways. Every major bug, i.e., the evasion bug, sketch, vanish, doom, has been fixed, as well as most of the minor ones. And every mechanical aspect of the game, i.e., all enemy scripts, damage formulas, etc., has been addressed while largely retaining the look and feel of the original. Nothing has gone untouched. Um, I'm always worried when I read statements like that. Uh, people tend to touch things that don't need to be touched. But anyway, things that weren't useful before now serve at least some purpose. Brave New World operates by a different set of rules than the original game and should be treated as a completely new one. While it looks the same and feels similar, it is very different under the hood. So, there you go. See, I wonder if uh, when God Gal was still a viable build in that or if they quote unquote fix that too because the wind god gal build was where you put one relic on gal that let him equip anything so that you could equip the tempest blade on him and then you did the other relic where um he could do four attacks at once and then use stray cat as his rage and then that's pretty much just the I win button for the rest of the game. Cause the stray cat rage was so OP. Mm-hmm. And so. yeah. And I, I don't think that necessarily being able to equip the offering relic on gal was a bug. I just think it was an oversight. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's brave new world. Anna's going to give it a shot. See where it goes. Yeah, I'm curious what she'll think of that. Um, we've got a Morbid 7 Alkalites review. Uh, this is by Pascal Takaya. This was the a risk versus reward action RPG. Is that just a nice way of saying a Souls-like? Possibly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Um, gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Said that it was uh, had great bits of lore, but was also very plotting, and progress was just enigmatic. Mm. So, he was kind of meh on that one. So it would seem. We've got, yeah. yeah. We've got a Dandy Dungeon the Legend of Brave Yamada review. This is that comedy RPG that's on the Switch. That looks kind of funny. Um, mm. This is reviews by Michael Baker. 
says that it's got crazy sense of aesthetic and is easy to play and is hilarious, but also has difficulty spikes and questionable graphics choices. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm curious about this game, like particularly the uh, Street Fighter screenshot. I wonder what the context of that is. But that's that. It has a oh, naked me. Nabuo Uematsu in it. So oh, there's I, some weird stuff I didn't going see on. That. Yeah. It seems like just one of those wacky Japanese games. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we've got a Loop Hero impression by Gabrielle Malacasa. Um, this is Devolver Digital's kind of weird roguelike RPG, I want to say. Yeah, it's the roguelike RPG where you're placing the environment rather than actually moving the character. So the environment sort of depends on the cards you put down or tiles you put down rather than sort of what you do. Oh, sounds kind of like Dungeon Explorer. Yeah. I also mentioned I've update that this got updated because something got posted about an hour ago. So there's a there's another review now. Oh, well, once again, this is what happens when uh, I open up the list of tabs at like nine thirty at the morning to read all the news. Oh, right, the Shadow Dragon review. Let's yep. boot that up. Shadow Dragon review. This is the NES. Kind of weird port from Nintendo. Yeah, that's they... five, five Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, so it's the very first Five Emblem game. Yeah. Um, this is my Elman Dean Todd. I'm trying to get to the bottom so that I can get to the bullet points. Let's see, gave it a 2.5 out of 5, said that it has a lot of quality of life additions that help the gameplay in a very good translation, but has atrocious inventory management, age-repetitive gameplay, bland story and characters, and lackluster graphics and sounds. Yeah, so it's about, an NES game. <laughs> yeah, about par for the course for an NES Fair game. Enough. Especially when you've got that DS remake already in existence, right? Yeah, oh, Josh said that that DS remake was pretty uh, abysmal, too. Oh, well, never mind then. So, so, yeah, you might do well to skip this, but luckily it's only, like, what, eight bucks on the eShop? Mm-hmm. Unless you were idiot, like, an idiot like me and bought the collector's edition. Yeah. Eight, eight bucks while you can get it. Yeah, well, yeah while you <laughs> can get it. Because apparently it's going away for some reason no one understands. I, I honestly think that's a bluff. Me too. And then we've got the Persona 5 Strikers impression. Alex talked about this already. Um, we've also got this video impression that's pretty cool to watch through and kind of basically do what Alex did on the show and talked about what's going on in Persona 5 Strikers. Um, so yeah, that's all of our editorials. Now for the news... Thank you. Um, Acquire announces Labyrinth of Zengetsu. Zengetsu. This is a dungeon crawler being developed by studio Kaidu Panda, and according to Famitsu, it's being developed for PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. It's a dungeon crawler themed on Japanese culture, including an ink painting graphical style and audio inspired by the Gagaku music and no drama. Huh. That sounds interesting. Um, 
They've got Hero You Rogue Rogue to Redemption arriving on Switch oh, next month. Uh, Anna's been playing this. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. I didn't know if it was embargoed or not. Well, well she playing it is not going to be embargoed, but okay. It's already um, this, out on PC, right? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. My bad. Um, this was created by Lori and Corey Cole, who worked on the Quest for Glory series, as well as various other Sierra online titles. Um, Quest for Glory, is that like one of the adventure games, kind of like uh, King's, King's Quest? Quest? Yeah. Yeah. And the game follows Sean O'Connor, a new student at Hero University. Um she described it as kind of persona-like in that you attend classes and make friends and practice skills and then explore the university's mysterious castle and fighting monsters in a turn-based action combat and collecting loot. Um, hybrid of adventure game and RPG. That that actually sounds interesting and also, um, like, it sounds like the RPG stuff... Uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like the RPG stuff isn't tacked on like it was in 13 Sentinels. Mm. But yeah, um, we've got um, Michael Baker's review of the PC version that you can check out. It's going to be coming digitally on February 9th, 2021 for the Switch. And then CD Projekt Red is issuing a Cyberpunk 2020 or 2077 statement. Uh, it's a YouTube video. I didn't even see how long. Oh, yeah, a five-minute YouTube video just kind of going into the update plans and surrounding, talking about issues about the game's launch and the problems that occurred with that. Um, yeah, and then Jason Trier over on Twitter kind of pointed out that there's a bunch of interviews with uh, the, the developers you know, talking about the un- unrealistic deadlines and te- technical woes and just thinking that the game would work out. Yeah, he's got a whole piece um, up on Bloomberg that you can read for, uh, uh, that went up on the 15th. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. He um, he got some interesting quotes about how things were in there while they were making it. Um, not quite like the super in-depth as like the Destiny 2 undressing he did but still enough that you can get a good sense of huh that's why things didn't go so great so what i thought was interesting is they um they talked about the 2018 e3 demo and i saw that demo in person and it turns out that was mostly fake like like they put a lot of time making the demo rather than the game so it was based on game systems that didn't really exist and that's why some of the elements in that demo don't exist in the final game um, oh, but I was l- watching that demo again this morning and like a lot of it's in there or at least <laughs> the stuff in that demo, that content is in there. And um, I thought it was interesting and uh, that, you know, they ended up getting that all in there. Um, but uh, that at the time it was like mostly faked and now it's like real. So it's like, well, like they got, they got there at least kind of, sort of, uh, <laughs> I was about to ask if that was considered bull shots or not. I yeah, mean, passing. Yeah, I don't know. It, demos are weird like that, where uh, instead of having a full working system, they just kind of make, you know, they do a lot of cheats on the triggers and stuff to just make it work as a, a one-off demo, and then they have to go back and like actually expand the the actual system to make it work for like an open-world game afterwards. So it's like a proof of concept kind of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, they. Uh, you know, that takes months away from the development of the game, and this game could have used it. 
Yeah. Oh, well. Um, it was part of getting the game hype, though. So can you say <laughs> the sales wouldn't have been the same without this demo? So how do you really come down on that, right? I I don't know. To be, to be honest, I think that they ought to spend more time developing on the game and not trying to impress people at trade shows. Yep. That's fair. The, uh, t- tangential, but Josh post- posted a very funny screenshot of somebody... Uh, Somebody in that game looked like they were wearing tidy whities but it was actually just really short jean shorts that were white. And I don't know what's worse, the fact that they were short jean shorts or that from a distance they looked like tidy whities But it was hilarious. It's funny. Check yeah. out Josh's Twitter as he continues to play through the masterpiece that is Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, nothing like saying, oh, that game wasn't buggy, and then in the middle of the conversation, it crashes on him. <laughs> or, it hasn't been buggy for me so far, and it crashed. Oh, and, and news of a better, long, plotting game, uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 hitting Switch in April. It's going to launch on April 9th, 2021, and the PC version is also planned for release later this year. Um Sequel to Trails of Cold Steel 3, very long. Anna wrote a review. You can check that out to get her impressions of the game. It, 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 I mean, it's a good game, but it is long. a Quite a time sink. Let's see. The Neptunia Virtual Stars is debuting in March. This is the Idea Factory game. It's going to be coming out uh, March 2nd. And then in Europe on March 5th with a PC release on March 29th. Um, Due to VTuber licensing and the volume of voice lines, the game's Western release will come with Japanese voices only. Although Idea Factory still has plans for English voice voicing in future games. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a weird take. So VTubers are going to be in this game? I. Is Corona Chan in this game? She's our favorite. Yeah, it's got a lot of VTubers in it. Right. Oh, like actual VTubers. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. That, that'll play interesting here. Yeah. I how easy it'll be to figure out or to, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, this junction is launching for PC and consoles this month. Um, this game's going to come out on January 28th and be available for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. This is a cyberpunk stealth action RPG set in 2048. Oh, so it's not as good as 2077. Eh, it's relative. <laughs> it might be a lot better, actually. <laughs> this is more of a top-down classic RPG. Does it have hacking? View, so I, I don't know. That's what cyberpunk's missing, is hacking. Yeah, you would think that the oh, yeah. game that inspired like most hacker culture would have hacking in it. Well, it does have hacking, just not an actual. There's no cyberverse. <laughs> no, well, you don't jack in with your deck and like do cool cybery things. The, the, there's two missions, something. right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, there's two missions. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically. Great. Yeah, I heard about this already, and it doesn't count, Alex. Doesn't count. Fair enough. Uh, talking with Josh on Discord last night, it sounded like um, Deus Ex did a, a better yes. cyberpunk game than cyberpunk. That sounds like it. is cyberpunk is that RPG the pen and paper RPG is that what in is that what inspired Shadowrun or is that a different system? 
I want to say, yeah, I I think that cyberpunk was kind of the genesis of a lot of that whole hacker culture thing way back in the day. Can't keep it all straight. I mean, and it's all like due to William Gibson books and stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I tried to kind of follow that rabbit hole to see the origins of it and see like what came out first, like that or Shadowrun and, you know, what came out first that or ghost in the shell and i couldn't figure any of it out or what what begat what so who knows i'm I'm sure people more versed in tabletop games could tell better than me yeah um now you, you want to talk about classic mode bloodstained ritual of the night has a classic mode now well that's not what i'm watching um there we go i was looking at gin conception but let's go to bloodstained did I skip a story by accident? You did. My bad. What is Jin Conceptioned? Let's see. Developer Jin Wave Studios announced Jin Conception. It's billed as a social deduction fantasy thriller turn-based JRPG. Let me read that again. Social deduction fantasy thriller turn-based JRPG. It follows eight playable characters whose stories intertwine, and the game sees three characters enter a place called Final Lair, with two vanishing and a third returning, but claiming not to know what happened. Okay. So, play this JRPG and figure out what happened. Also, social deduction. Looks beautiful. Yeah, I got some Chrono Trigger vibes going. Mm-hmm. The, the combat has Chrono Trigger vibes. The concept sounds very saga to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that, uh, M- like that tactile RPG that had a random ending each time, based on who did it in your game, right? Though I don't know if this one's random. So, what are you? Is there anything? I think you're talking about Lost Dimension. Yeah, it's yeah the one for the random select for the traitors. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Anna played that. Yeah, she didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it was, in- it was interesting, but it didn't really that randomized stuff sort of. It sort of fell apart at the end. Mm. Huh. It sounded like an RPG version of Among Us to me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they're going for, right? Yeah. Um, so back to Bloodstained. Uh, the classic mode sends Proterius protagonist Miriam into an 8-bit inspired oh. world armed only with her sword whip to but confront But the graphics Gabriel. aren't 8-bit. It's just yeah. designed like a side-scrolling Castlevania. Yeah. As as opposed to a Symphony in the Night style Castlevania, which was also side-scrolling. But you know what I mean, I hope. Yeah. In, an action-based instead of an RPG collectathon. It makes me wonder how points. hard that version of the game it's is gotta compared be hard, to... Right? I'm surprised I am... it came out at this point. All the problems with Bloodstained. Um, but it did work. It did good, right? So I guess. I I, I thought Bloodstained was a very serviceable game despite all of its problems. I had fun with it. And I played the Switch version, which, you know, was the worst version by far. It scratched that Metroidvania itch, to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're, I believe we're on to the briefs. Briefs? Yes, briefs. Uh, Everspace 2 is heading to early access next week. Um, it, uh, yeah, Steam Early Access and GOG Games. It's going to be thirty nine ninety nine. Um, 
this was a Kickstarter RPG, and I don't yep. really have that much more information about it. So there's that. Do you like uh, flying around and doing space combat? Yeah, not really. I fr- I don't know if there's economy in this one or not. Um, uh, I think so. I suspect there is. I think this is an economy style space shooter, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so. Um, I want to say there was controversy about this, but I don't remember what it was. So, be wary. Wait for reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and then, King Arthur and Knight's Tales early access release pushed to later this month is now going to be January 26th. <sighs> and this is the King Arthur game where you play as Sir Modred, and it's I think it's a tactical you RPG. You are brought back to life. You're taking, you're brought back from the dead because you need to take out Arthur, who's also been brought back to the dead and is like possessed and evil. It, this thing's weird. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very weird. Anna says for that other game, not really controversy as much as mildly face palmy behavior. Okay. We need her on the show. She I knows know. the stuff. I know. Uh, they they delayed their release date due to avoid clashing with Cyberpunk three like three times. <laughs> Sucks for them. They should have come out yeah. early. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, we've got two Gundam G Generation Asian English releases announced. This is for SD SD Gundam G Generation Cross Race Platinum Edition, which is going to be heading to Southeast Asia on March twenty fifth. Um, both games are going to have English tech support, the Platinum Edition bundle containing the base game as well as the previously separately released oh, DLC. this is one of these terrible looking TRPGs with all the cutscenes that are supposed to make you like, I remember that anime. Yeah, this, this is a Alice game for yeah. sure. These are the ones with bad, um, English, right? Yeah. Okay. Are we getting proper? Okay, headed to Southeast Asia, but fe- yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Pass. it's import, import. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, you skipped Hellpoint. You should check out Hellpoint. Yeah. I must have accidentally closed some of these stories while I was okay. pre-reading them. I'll read it actually. Uh, Hellpoint RPG uh, is coming from Cradle Games, Merge Games, and Tiny Build. Uh, it's got a, a release date now. It's February 25th, 2021, with a physical version available on February 26th. Physical PS4 edition on the same day um, as uh, as the, the 26th. And both consoles will receive a signature edition available through signature edition games. Which yeah, I assume, the date is for the Switch version. I assume signature it's, is like limited run. Yeah, it looks uh, like. Yeah, signature is basically merge games as version of limited run. Okay. Uh, originally released for PS4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, and Linux in July of 2020, you investigate the mystery of the Ired Nova, a derelict spaceship. What kind of game is this? I think it's Shooty Souls. Shooty Souls. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, he's got a sword, though. That oh, dude's okay, got maybe, like a maybe, maybe it's Sci-Fi Souls. Sci-Fi Souls. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah, this looks Sci-Fi Souls. Yep. The, I like the Shooty jumps. Souls. Yep. So, it might be something else that's Shooty Souls. Yeah. All right. Mistwalker? What do they got? They yeah. Got a screenshot. A, a <laughs> screenshot. A screenshot. <laughs> um, this is the same studio by uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi that brought us like Lost Odyssey and Last Story and Terra Battle 
and Fantasia is being developed for iOS and planned on Apple Arcade. This is the game where all the um, everything's like an actual physical object and was filmed and brought into the game. So it's like all this oh. stuff was built in real life, and then there's some, I assume, some game characters layered on top of it. So all that stuff you're seeing in the background, that's a real set they built in, in real life. I see. Filming. So it, that's, that's the cool hook here. Um, this screenshot, I got to say, that's not the one that's going to get people hyped. <laughs> but I'm glad they gave us a screenshot, I guess. It, I mean, it could be interesting. <laughs> I, is, is Square, can Square just make up with Sakaguchi? It's been, like, what, 20 years since, you know, Spirits Within tanked the company? Nobody's yeah, there I'm, anymore, Kelly. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Sakaguchi won't want to do what Square would want him to do. I think he's just uh-huh. doing whatever he feels like at the moment. I see. He, it's just, he seems like he's just kind of plodding around, but not really. Yeah. I don't know. He's got money. He's old. He's got time. Do whatever he feels like, and maybe you'll like some of it. Maybe I, not. I guess. <laughs> I, I felt like Last Story was the only really Sakaguchi game that felt... Sakaguchi to me. Yeah, but that's the last one he was doing that was in the context of traditional game development. After that, he's I, just been kind of going, whatever. <laughs> and I take that back. I liked what I played of Terabot Battle. It was very interesting, but then losing all my progress by switching phones just kind of killed my interest in that. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah. <sighs> but best of luck to him. I hope this does well. Um, we've also got, uh, Yaga hitting the new PC stores with an update. Uh, Yaga was originally on the Epic Game Store, but is now available on Steam, GOG, and Humble, um, for twenty four ninety nine. like, Apple Arcade, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was available on PlayStation 4, one, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and iOS. It's that, uh, Slavic folklore game with the one-handed blacksmith. And Baba Yaga, I believe. Because the- yeah the house with chicken feet involved so um the update includes a new village quest and favorites menu option as well as a new merchant sellback option and yeah you can go check out that update um dragon quest tact is going to be launching internationally this month this is a this isn't going to be good is it i i don't know i'm i'm gonna give it a try same freaking trailer because i what little I played of that one DS Dragon Quest game, I did like, and I've always been curious about a Dragon Quest tactics game. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna give it a try. If it's as bloated as Dragon Quest of the Stars was, then I'm not gonna like it. I don't think it's gonna be as bloated as that, but Anna does like that game. Yeah. <laughs> she loves Dragon Quest of the Stars. <laughs> uh, Dragon Quest of the Stars had too much mobile bloat for me. I couldn't get into it but, like there was so much more you could do if you wanted to not engage with those systems oh whatever i don't play it why am i justifying I, it go play this weird bravely default 2 game yeah with the yeah that's lady when's that going to be coming out oh, uh, february 26th um you've got a new trailer that and it, and it announces some new jobs so, and it shows see. a cute little dragon guy it's i think oh, the dragon God. is uh part of the dragoon job class okay so we've got Dragoon, 
which you know as is as you know dragoon um we've got the oracle which is a magic focused job that manipulates natural laws mm-hmm. you've got the salve maker who relies on tools to combine two items so kind of like an alchemist um the trailer also bring, brought in a thing about a card game called Bind and Divide. It looks kind of like Tetramaster to me, okay. where you're trying to claim territory. Listen, I just... Is this an actual sequel or pseudo-sequel? It's I want to know how connect- it's a sequel. It's not connected. How? Then why is it called 2? Because Bravely Second was the sequel to Bravely Default. Yes, yeah, it's the start of the second series of Bravely Games. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's like Final Fantasy. Basically, they couldn't think of another. It's like Final Fantasy. Clever title, yeah. It's got a talking dragon. I won't complain. That's always fun. I, I assume. All right. So Bravely Second, it looks pretty. Or Bravely Default, Default two. two, excuse me. So I'm yeah. already doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm just curious if they're going to come out with a sequel for this and call it Bravely Second 2, which will then confuse even more, because then it's like, is it a sequel to Bravely Second? So, because this is a new game, does does this mean we're not doing the the subtitle that changes halfway through playing the game? I don't know. People have been already looking at the title screen for clues. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bravely Default 2. Do we get a demo soon or anything? Not I think there's the already US a demo yet. out. Yeah, the demo's out. Oh. I think it's called the final demo, so I don't think there's going to be another one. Feb 26, 2021. Look at that. Okay. You ready to play a card game, Kelly? No, I'm oh. ready to play Bravely Default. And ho- hope that it's interesting. And hope that I'm not high as a kite like I was when I beat the second game last time. Because mm-hmm. I finished it after I had my wisdom tooth surgery. Well, I looked for what was coming out this week and I couldn't find anything. There's like no RPGs coming out. So double check on our site just to be sure. Um, yeah, I think there's some things... You have some things listed that I didn't find. All right, yeah, Ocean's okay. Heart and Udorari Ramono Prelude to the Fallen. Yeah, that's just that's the PC version of Atarweather Rumino Prelude to the Fallen. But Ocean's Heart is a new thing. It's the calm before the storm because I feel yeah, like once... everything else comes out the week after. I feel like starting the end of January, we're just going to get a deluge of games. Soon, but not this week. Soon. TM. The Blizzard soon. But not this day. I've been watching Gowron quotes all week. For some reason, my YouTube keeps sending me Gowron quotes. Because I got down a weird rabbit hole, my YouTube thinks that I'm interested in uh, Jonathan Frakes Beyond Belief memes. Oh, amazing. (laughs) I want that YouTube. It's because, <laughs> it's because Pushing Up Roses did a video about that show, mm-hmm. and I remember that show, and then it recommended the uh, uh, compilation of all the optical illusions from that show, and then it just went right down the rabbit hole. 
I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, so we, we need a question of the week. I don't have a question of the week. Uh, I, should it be about YouTube holes? Or I maybe what since we talked about it, what, bravely game. <laughs> what game should get the or what RPG series oh, should get the ta- Muso? We've done that treatment. so many times. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one's been done at least multiple times. Um, are you doing any backlogging? Or yeah, yeah. yeah that'll, that'll are work. you going to backlog the year with us? What will you play? So tell us if you're going to try to clear out your backlog this year. What you're going to play? What you regret not playing? Tell us. We we need to know. That's a good question of the week. And you can send that in to podcast.rpgamer.com where we probably won't read it. So instead, go to the website, go to the show thread, and leave it as a comment there. Um, it should show up on social media throughout the week if that's the way you like to engage with us um, at RPGamer on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, yeah, we uh, put an episode up every week. It's recorded live at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You can watch it live at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, where we've got people in the chat room. Shout out to Daniel, or Ninji, friend from and, the Netherlands. Yep. And we're recording a new backtrack this week. Ooh. Should, should I say what it is, or should they be surprised? You should say what it is. Um, we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, is that backtrackable already? Yeah, two years. What? It was. I think it was two years last year. No way. Yep. I I don't believe you. Part of believe me still it. thinks Kingdom Hearts three isn't out yet. <laughs> nope, it's out. January twenty fifteenth. January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's well, it'll be two years by the time. Oh yeah, it goes out. Huh. It still Actually, seems you too can't, soon. You can't record this this week. It's got to be the week after. Yeah. Got to record the week after, uh, Kelly. We we kind of bend the rules a little bit when it comes to the cutoff. No, I didn't approve this. Ah, <laughs> Alex didn't approve. Oh darn! I could. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because we. I gotta say, you didn't approve because we cheated last week and talked about Dragon Quest Builders two, and that was like a year and a half. No, I wasn't paying attention then. Okay. These don't feel like old games to me. All right, whatever. It's a new. It's a new system. It's under new management. Deal with yeah, it, Chris. Um, All right. We're, <laughs> it, it's it's a previous generation console generation, Chris. You know, I would I would buy that argument, Alex, if I could actually go and buy the current generation somewhere. But in CD a store. Project Red said so. It's an old <laughs> system. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Look, I just made a list and people signed up. (laughs) Go check out the backtrack. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.